I remember the moment clearly. I was watching the sun come up in Park City, Utah, where I'd been working with the Lincoln Project to defeat Donald Trump. It was a couple of weeks before the 2020 election, and it had been another all-nighter. One of many during that campaign in my personal war against Donald Trump and the modern Republican Party I had helped create. I'd just finished one of the over 300 videos we frantically produced in just a few months, and I was tracking the latest polling from the handful of key states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada. This was the sixth presidential campaign I'd worked on, and I felt like I had spent half my life locked in rooms working the numbers in those same states. I had helped elect governors or senators in all of them, and could discern the patterns developing in the often confusing and contradictory flow of data. In that instant, the fog of political war lifted, and I could see the outcome with confident clarity. Donald Trump was going to lose. Joe Biden would be the next president of the United States. I sent off my latest video and fell asleep, allowing myself to think about life after Trump. As a media consultant who had helped elect more Republicans to top office than any in my tribe, I felt a deep personal responsibility for what the party had become. After the 2016 election, that burden drove me to write, It Was All a Lie, How the Republican Party Became Donald Trump. But that morning before the 2020 election, I felt that my duty had been done. I had fought as hard as I could and used every bit of my skills to blow up the Death Star of Trump. I could not change my past. My political memory would always play in the key of regret. But I was free to move on. Had you asked me that morning if Republicans would accept defeat if Joe Biden won by over 8 million votes and north of 300 electoral college votes, my answer would have been simple. What else could they do? Well, they wouldn't like it. But when you walk off the field of the Super Bowl, the score is the score. Endless hours would be spent by the despondent losing fans, analyzing what could have been done differently, but none of it would matter. The final scoreboard was never wrong. I should have known better. Any faint hope I had that the Republican Party might seize on a Trump defeat as an impetus to self-correct was quickly destroyed. I watched Republican senators and congressmen I'd helped elect, men and women I knew to be sane and decent, refuse to acknowledge what grade school children knew to be true. Donald Trump had lost the 2020 race. When I spoke to a few, I heard variations of, We're just humoring him. What harm can it do? Soon their answer would come, as they ran for their lives from domestic terrorists their leader had called to action and their complicity had emboldened. The greatest danger is often not recognizing the greatest danger. The need I experienced before the 2020 election to believe there was a salvageable normal in American politics was as predictable as it was dangerous. But today's Republican Party is not a normal political party in the American tradition. It has become an autocratic movement masquerading as a political party. 
If we look away from that truth, we greatly increase the likelihood that the America we love will slip away, never to return. Whenever a democracy slides into autocracy, there are five critical elements at work. All of these are active today in American politics. The tendency is to examine each as if it is an isolated phenomenon, troubling, perhaps, but manageable by the American system. This illusion is the hope of the autocrats and a potentially fatal mistake. Each of these is part of a greater whole that together threatens the existence of the American experiment. This book is an urgent warning to examine collectively the power of the forces working together to end American democracy as we know it.